God is speaking to us this morning. Let's love his spirit. Turn with me to 1 Peter. Just before 2 Peter. Chapter 2. The message of the Lord put on my heart this week. And uh, it was confirmed this morning. That's why I always like that. We're going to start in verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your presence has been here all morning. God, the Holy Spirit has been moving in hearts and lives and minds. God, I thank you for the power to set people free today. God of, of uh, stinking thinking. God, that you would set us free from the way we look at the world in a natural way. God, that you would cause your spirit to rise up inside of us in power, in victory. Bless this time in the word. God, I pray that my words would be your words and there would be an anointing on this message today because I know that we need to hear this today in Jesus' name. You know, when you, when you begin to he, see a tie, uh, tying everything in, you just, you, we, we need to pay attention. The Lord is speaking today. See, we don't believe in a dead God. We don't believe in a dead Holy Spirit. We believe that God is alive and well. He lives in Big Bear City. He lives in other places too. But he's alive and he wants to be alive in our lives. Starting in verse 9, it says this, But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but have now obtained mercy. Do you hear what God wants to say to us this morning? That he chose us, that he loves us, that we are beautiful that we're his own very special people. I don't know if you've ever belonged to anything special in your life. Maybe you belong to a, a, a sports team or you belong to an acting troupe or you belong to a company that you felt really good about that you could be proud to say, I belong, I work here, I'm part of this group and how those mo- moments in your life probably brought some type of a joy and a feeling of, of belonging to you. Well, church, we belong to God. We are his very own special people. That should give us reason to celebrate and to have joy. That he called us out of the darkness, as the Bible says, into his marvelous light. That he chose us. He chose us. When I was young, I was not very athletic. And so I wasn't the worst in the school, but I would be down towards the bottom. I was thankful that I wasn't the worst because there was always one or two kids who got picked after me. But I was like third to last. And it was a horrible feeling. You know, every once in a while there was something I could do. I might get picked quicker. But even in kickball, and kickball is not a hard, a difficult thing, there were all the kids that were taller than me. I've always been built kind of this way. You know, I've got these little short legs. And, and so kickball would come, and they'd pick all, the, all the, the, the popular kids and the kids that were better at sports, and then there would be me at number three from the back thanking God that I wasn't the very last one, and I apologize if you were the very last one because you know how that felt. 
It's a horrible feeling to be picked last for anything. Okay, I mean, I re- really remember this. There's like two people, right? And the other guy's got a brace on his leg and his arms in a sling, and they go, I'll take him. You know, and you're like, wow, that makes me feel really good about myself. And because, but see, God doesn't say, okay, Bev, come on. The Bible says that he formed you, he formed me in the womb, that he chose us, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that in all creation he looked out and he actually chose us to be his children. That's a cause for celebration. Church, to understand that we belong to something far greater than the AAA club. We belong to something far greater than any group, any acting group, any sports team. But we are his own special people. In the service, he's been wanting to show us that he loves us. Verse 9 says, you are a chosen generation. The word there means that you are called out, that you are picked out of something else, that God saw you and he saw me and he actually picked you and he wanted to call you out of what we were in, which was the world. He called us out of a, li- of a life of sin to be his special people. The next part in verse 9 says that you're a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. And, and, and I don't know about you, but, but being a priest, I don't know if that ever sounded very good to me. You know, white collar. And See, we, we tend to think of priest as the Catholic priest, but, but we have a misunderstanding of what a, what a priest is. When a priest here, a, a priest is somebody who represents God to man and man to God. So God is calling all of us. He chose us. He chose us out of the life of the world, out of a life of sin. He says, you're a royal priesthood. You are part of the people that represent me to the world. And you represent the world to God. We have an amazing gift, opportunity, calling to go to God on behalf of people. In prayer, we get to represent people. God, I want to pray for so-and-so. And we bring them to God. That's a, it's a privilege and it's a calling and it's one of the things that we do. And we also are called to represent God to people. And he chose us to do that. See, church, God didn't just choose us to come and sit on a Sunday morning and attend a life group in a, in a women's or a men's Bible study and just you know, kind of get fat in the Word and do these things. He actually called us to represent him to the world and he chose us to do that. What an incredible calling. Right now, if, if uh, President Trump called you to represent the United States of America as an ambassador to a country, I guess depending on which country, you would feel quite honored. I mean, my goodness, you want me to represent my nation? Some people, even like in a sporting event, they'll get called and say, we want you to represent this nation, or we want you to represent this company. There's an honor in representing Church, we need to understand that we are called out and honored to represent our God to the world. 
Now, I'm going let to let, let that meddle with you for just a second. Because if it's not meddling with you, you're not thinking deep enough. Oh, I'm representing God? They would never pick me to represent a snowboard company. They just wouldn't do it. You know, I've, I've never been on a snowboard. I, I don't know if I could snowboard or not. I'm not very good on a skateboard, so probably couldn't do... They're not going to... I'm never going to represent a snowboard company. How am I doing at representing God? But God chose us to represent Him, to be a, a priest. And what's great is we are royal priests. That royal part means that we represent, that we're a priest for the king. We're a priest for the king of kings. And we're chosen, and he loves us. Now, in a minute, after we get this, well, we're going to go back to the beginning of two, but let's keep reading here. A holy nation. Holy nation. Church, he, he called us out of the world. He picked us. We represent him to the world. We stand before him and we pray for those in the world because we are a royal priesthood ourselves i I do want to say this in case you're you're confused in this we do not need to go to a priest to ask forgiveness for us we don't need to go to an intermediary to say father forgive me for i have sinned the only father we need to go to and say father forgive me is father god We don't need a priest to do anything for us. And I'm going to put in the other word, you don't need a pastor to do anything for you when it comes to your relationship with God. See, you have direct relationship with Father God. You are a a priest, a royal priest. And we're part of a holy nation. Holy is special. It's set apart. It's something that God has put His righteousness into. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't wake up every morning going, boy, I feel righteous today. I'm going to put on my best righteous clothes to fit my righteousness. You know, I, I, I wake up pretty crummy some days. Throughout the day, I get crummier usually. Right? You know, like, like that, that, that per- person going, God, been pretty good today. I haven't gossiped, lied, cheated, haven't stolen anything, haven't lusted, haven't hurt anybody's feelings. Doing pretty good today, but in a minute I'm, I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> and after that, I'm going to need some help. Right? You know, that, that, that's us. And yet, he says, you're a holy nation. See, we're not holy because we're so good. We are holy because He's put His righteousness in us. When He paid the price on that cross, He made us holy and righteous. It's like He just put this thing right in front of us. So so when God sees us, He actually doesn't see our sin. He sees Christ's righteousness. If you've received Jesus Christ. I'm talking to believers here. 
this morning. If you're come and you're visiting and you don't have never called on Jesus to be saved, you've never asked to be forgiven of your sins, then, then this message really truly doesn't apply to you. It can in just a matter of about 30 seconds. It's very simple to, to surrender your life to Him and, and receive forgiveness and repent of your sin and, and commit your life to Him. But I'm talking to believers, and for us believers in this room, we are a holy, holy nation. The, 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 word, is, the word holiness is, is connected to the word saint. It's the same base. In fact, in Spanish, it's, it's this, you know, holy is santo, saint. Now, this might freak you out, and, and it always freaks out Catholic people. You're a saint. You're a saint. Saint Bolo. <laughs> no, really. We got Saint Louis in the room. We got Saint Robin. What? No way. Don't call me a saint. Bible does. The Bible calls you a saint. But but just in case you get big head, it's not because you're so good. It's because he's so good. He's so good. He paid the price for you to be a saint, for me to be a saint. We don't even have to change our name because most saints have to change their name at some point. A holy nation go on his own special people you know one of the things that plagues us as 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 a, as a people group is that we we don't feel like we belong we want to belong no don't we want to belong guys do you remember the clothes of the 70s i mean they were pretty wild I mean, I was I was born in '70s, so I still remember the you know the pictures of, I mean, flowered, crazy colors, and you know why people wore that stuff besides the fact that they were smoking a lot of dope, because not all of them were, because other people were wearing it, and they wanted to belong. They just wanted to belong. We want to belong. Some people come to church so they can belong. And I've, I've known people through the years who have attended a church because they felt like they belonged to a group of people. But I want to tell you, it's more than just belonging to a church or belonging to a group. Think about all the organizations out there. You know, we have, you know, we talk, I, I, I joke about them, you know, and some of them are great and some of them I don't know what their purpose is. I mean, but you have Rotary and you have Shriners and you have Elks and, and you have the Moose. I still don't know what the, the, the reason for a Moose is. <laughs> but, but people wanted to belong. In high school, people would kind of line up with the groups because they wanted to belong. And, and, and through the years, more groups have been formed in a high school level. I don't know, for those of you who have been out of high school and aren't working with the youth much, which we would love to have some extra help. Jesse would love some help if you have a heart for young people. But, but nowadays in high school, and I could even ask Ellie if she could even possibly think, like, how many groups are there? Just throughout, uh, it's more than four or five though, isn't it? So some of you older people remember like three or four groups in school. 
You, you remember them? There were the, whatever you call maybe the jocks and the nerds, you know. And you had just, if you could, you know, and then, yeah, see, then you get the, some of the hares, the hessians. I mean, I had a few, you know. And there was one group that would always take you. I mean, they were at least the easiest group to get involved in. If you didn't fit anywhere else, all you had to do is drink a little and smoke a little dope, and you could belong to that group. And guess what happened? The people that didn't fit into the other groups started fitting into this one. Still happens today. Now there's, there's more groups, and it's weird how many groups there are. Why? Because everyone wants to belong. Church, you belong to the family of God. You belong. You are his own special people. Wow. It's amazing. See, we don't have to dress a certain way. We don't have to act a certain way. We don't have to carry a certain Bible. We don't have to listen to certain types of music. And here we have people who like gospel and we have like people who have like, you know, just different types. We don't have to be a certain way. One of the things I love about Christian Center is, is people don't look the same. You go to some churches and you feel like you've got to dress a certain way to go there. Have you ever been to one of those? You're like, oh, I don't fit in. You look around. That's great. Why? Because it's not about that. See, we belong to God. We're his people. He chose us out of the world, out of darkness. We need to understand. And we need to be thankful and, and, uh, and not try to be something that we're not. It says that he, we are his own special people. But, but here's the thing. We're not just his special people, his saints, his ambassadors, the called out ones, just to be the called out ones, the saints, and the special people. He actually has a purpose for us as Christians. And, and one of the things that we come on a Sunday morning and attend life group and, and go to Bible studies and study our Bibles to find out, God, what is your purpose for me? How do you want me to live? We're not supposed to just be the receiving who say, finally, I just belong and that's good enough for me. He says, you know what? It, you didn't have to do anything to belong. I did the work. All you have to do is receive my work for you. And you're part of the family of God. You're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, called out of the darkness because I chose you, I loved you. Let's keep reading the scriptures. That you may proclaim the praises of him. See, he did the work so that we could proclaim the praises of him. And that just doesn't mean singing. I want to get that out of our, our heads for a moment because we kind of think praise and worship what we do for the first 40 minutes on a Sunday morning and some people don't like that part so they come afterwards and that's fine, right? Because that's, that's, pra- that's not praise. Declaring his praise is really your life in some way declaring the goodness of God. And that's what we're called to do. You can do that through your work. You can, the Bible says to whatever you do, to do it is unto him. 
you can proclaim his praises as you work. Have you ever worked with somebody who just was just happy? Like no matter what, they just had the joy of the Lord in their work and they just, it's just amazing. Yeah, I love people working with people like that. Working with the opposite is not as much fun. Maybe that's you, that when you go to work, people just go, how do you have such joy? And that's a great opportunity because God has done so much for me. So much for me. God has, at, at, at times, has given me such joy in life. I was the custodian of, of Big Bear Elementary School. And being the custodian is not the most glamorous job in the world. In fact, when I was at the custodian at the high school, they, the kids actually literally just came up to me and made fun of me. You know, they would say things, you just, you know, this dog on me. I mean, you know, this, oh, yeah, you're a custodian. My mom makes more money than you, and you've got to clean up, and... You know, but I had my fun with them, too. (laughs) But that's another story. Being a custodian at the elementary school, the kids did, they actually loved me. I mean, they were just, it was like weird. The custodian at the elementary school is like, oh, everyone's kid wants to be a custodian. But they left me presents that weren't always fun. And I would get the phone call from the front office. And uh, the call would sound like this. Uh, Rob, uh, a kid threw up in room two. <laughs> I remember flu season. I mean, th- there, was, there was one day, I, it was six, six throw-up things that I had to clean up on the carpets of the school, right? And this isn't about me. See, this isn't about me. It's what God did through me. And my, my response, and I didn't even realize, I'm like, okay, I'm on it. La, 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 la. I get my little sawdust thing. I go and clean up the barf and, you know. And, and I just, I was just, it was fine. You know, I'm just, whatever. God was my portion. And one day they're like, why are you so happy about cleaning up puke? <laughs> and I says, I'm not happy about cleaning up puke. I really, I don't like that. But I was able to share, you know, but man, God has done so much in my life and the joy of the Lord. He called us to proclaim the praises of him. How are you proclaiming his praises? See, you are a saint. You're a called out one. You're special. You belong to him. So that you can proclaim, that we can proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness church we've all been called out of darkness and I want to say sin is sin is sin without Christ no matter how good you try to be we're doomed for hell the Bible says it very clearly all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God no one has fallen shorter than the other They've all, we all have fallen shorts. We all, we've all fallen shorts. <laughs> so I want to make sure you're awake. You've got to make, wake you up every once in a while. All of us. The Bible says everyone has fallen shorts. And then it says again in the scriptures in Romans, it says that the wages of those sin is death. 
So, so if you go back and remember, and even maybe now in times when you're, when you're not doing well and you're sinning, you know, that you're actually earning wages. You go, wow, man, I'm getting paid for my sin. What are my wages, Bob? Death. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift, see, wages, sin, free gift of God is salvation, is life. It's life, it's salvation. And that's for everyone. But, but I understand that some of us, and, and, and I was on my way to a really dark place, but thank God he, I mean, I've shared my testimony, I need to share it again, but I was really getting into some dark things and on my way to a, a life of absolute darkness. Some of you lived there. And this isn't to say you were bad. It's, it's that you were called out of such a dark place. We need to remember that sometimes. I was called out of darkness and into his marvelous light to proclaim his praises in everything I do. Church, he loves you. He loves me. We belong to him. One of the things the enemy wants to do is to tell us that we don't belong, that we're unworthy, that, that it's not true of us, and other people are better than us, and they're closer to God than us. And, and everyone, it can be as close to God as you want. You're as close to God as you want to be. If you're not feeling close to God, then get closer. He didn't move. And he just wants to have relationship with you. And he's got some things. Now, at the beginning of, of Peter 2, um, it says, Therefore, laying all aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow, thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, those three scriptures should encourage us. The, it goes on after that to encourage us to say, look at, look at, he was the cornerstone and you are, are in heaven and you are his holy people. And these words, uh, th- these things that we talked about encourage us but at the beginning he's saying listen lay aside all the other things get rid of them because you are a chosen generation you know we don't need to to have malice in our life and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all evil speakings instead as newborn babes we should be desiring the pure milk of the word the bible so that we may grow because we're a chosen generation a royal priesthood holy nation his own special people he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light we we just need to be reminded we need to be reminded of these things and remind ourselves You know, this morning after worship, you know, we, we turned to each other and we should have said, man, you look marvelous. You're amazing. You're his, his child. Wow. Aren't you one of those representatives of God? Yeah, that's me. That's me. You might have to say that to yourself. I'm chosen. Do that right now. Just, wow. I'm chosen. I'm God's special person. 
I'm a royal priest. See, this isn't for the na- your neighbor. This isn't for, for the pastors and the leaders and the saintly people with gray hair who've walked with God for so many years. This is for all of us. In just a minute, we're going we're gonna to celebrate communion. So I'm going to ask the ushers and elders to pass out the, the, the elements of the communion. You know, we're going to pass out the, the bread and the, and the juice. And when you get it, just hold on to it for a minute. I wanted to do a communion at the end of the service because of the things it represents. And, you know, virtually every branch of Christianity has been celebrating communion in some form or another for 2,000 years. And in some place it's called the Eucharist. Called communion is called the Lord's Supper. But it's about Jesus. And we want to focus on Jesus and not be distracted by any of the, the rituals and the side issues about it. But Jesus instituted communion as a way for his disciples to remember what he did for us through his death and resurrection and sacrifice. Actually, the, the word Eucharist, I believe, means um, thanks. It's a way of celebrating. And uh, let's, pray, uh, let, let's pray for the elements as they pass them out. Father, we thank you that we can be here today, that you've called us out. Lord, as we pass out the, the bread and the juice today, we thank you that it's your body and blood that was broken and, sp- and blood spilled for us. We pray a blessing upon these elements in Jesus' name. And thank you, guys, for, for passing out these. And again, just hold on to the, the bread and the cup for a minute. Jesus described, thank you very much, Doug. He describes it, and we find uh, the, the communion in Matthew chapter 26, Mark 14, Luke 22. We find it in, for, in, in Corinthians. In Luke 22, it says that the hour came, Jesus and his apostles were reclining at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Thanks, Jim. And then he, we know that he took the, took the bread and he broke it and he passed it down and he took the cup. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And he talked about this thing. He says, this is the new covenant in my blood. So I want to point out just a couple things this morning in teaching about communion so we can understand that you know, communion was instituted, initiated in the first Jewish Passover celebration when he says, I've desired to eat this Passover with you. Every year the Jews would, would celebrate the Passover, remembering that, that God had called them out of slavery in Egypt when Moses brought them out. And Jesus, in his last supper, he wanted to do it symbolically and he wanted to reinterpret the things that they would do. They would take, the Jew, they would take a wine, they would take bread, matzah bread just like this, and, and, and he wanted, one of the things that, that, that communion does for us is helps us to remember that we were once slaves to, we were once slaves to sin. And that Jesus' death, his resurrection, the fact that he spilled his blood for us sets us free from that sin, from that slavery. Communion is also a time of blessing and giving thanks. Like I said, the word Eucharist actually means to give thanks. At his, supper with, at his last supper, Jesus, he said he gave thanks. So that's another part of the communion, and, and we're going to teach on a few different elements of it 
It, it, it reminds us that we were once slaves. It's also a time to give thanks to God for what he did for us. We should be the most thankful, joyous people in the world. Robert Parley sent me a video. I should have put it up on the, on the, on the screen. It was just a little tiny kind of, it's a little tiny thing of a group of, of uh, I believe probably Africans. I don't want to be, you know, I don't know what part of Africa it was, but, and, and they were celebrating like crazy. And they were, they were Christians that have been a huge, just thousands of them just dancing and they were waving branches and they were just going nuts. I mean, you know, it looked like Woodstock or something, you know, just crazy. You know, it was, it was just like, wow. And they were celebrating the goodness of God. And I thought, you know, of all the people in the world, they have nothing, they have nothing, and yet they're celebrating because they understand that they have everything. Church, too often we have everything and we don't understand, so we don't even celebrate God. You know, we need to celebrate and give thanks to Him. Communion is the time to do that. Also, the unleavened bread, um, it was broken as representing Jesus' body. He said, this is my body given to you. And the children of Israel were told to eat the unleavened bread during the Passover and Leaven represents sin. And they had to remove, and they still do to this day. If you know any good Jews, when the Passover comes, they get rid of the leaven. They used to actually go and put it at other people's houses. Now they'll just put it in a cupboard, and they'll lock the cabinet, and they, get, they clean out their house of leaven. Well, leaven represents sin. And this body of his is unleavened. It's, uh, this, this, this body, you know, it's not his body. We don't believe in transubstantiation. This is, just a, uh, this is just bread. But this bread has no leaven in it, and it has no sin, just like Jesus had no sin in it. No sin so that we could be forgiven of our sin and live forever. The wine. I told you I was just going to hit about five. We're going to hit five things this morning. The wine that he took represented a few different things. Remember at, at the table he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. There was a, a cup of wine that was drunk and it was called the cup of redemption on the Passover celebration. And it reminds us of the blood of the unblemished lamb, which is Jesus. In the Passover there was a real unblemished lamb and it was sacrificed by each family when they came out of Egypt. The blood of the lamb had to be po- painted on the doorposts of the house so the death angel would come by and say, this house is covered in the blood of the lamb. We're not going to bring death to it. When Jesus died, his blood is what cleanses us from sin. The blood represents that our life is covered in the blood of Jesus. And when the death angel comes for you, he'll see the blood of Jesus and he'll say, we're going to pass by this house. There's no more death for us. Church, we're going to go for the moment we die from this, this place. I mean, it's just going to be exhale for the last time and inhale in heaven. We don't see death. Because of the blood of Jesus, and so when we have these things, these elements are supposed to remind us that we celebrate. And finally, it's a, it's a new covenant. And we have to understand that a covenant is a binding agreement between two parties, but it's different than a contract in the, in the sense that, that when, when God institutes a covenant, he does all the work and we receive from it. I don't know if you remember the story. When, when Abraham was, was there, he was, uh, 
cut, cut a couple of animals apart, and he was waiting for the Lord to come. And he fell into a trance, and he saw the Lord come through the two animals. And that's what they would do. It was kind of disgusting. You know, Bob, if I'm going to buy your boat from you or something in the Old Testament, we'd cut up a couple of animals, and, and we would walk through in between them. And we'd both walk through the, the animals as a sign of the covenant. And basically it was saying, like, if one of us breaks this covenant, see what happened to this animal? That's going to happen to us. Man, we don't break this covenant. They did some weird stuff. You know, but that's what they would do. So Abraham's there praying and waiting for the covenant from God and he falls asleep and, and the, the torch, the sign of God passes through the two animals by himself. Abraham didn't have to go through. Why? Because when it comes to a covenant, God keeps the covenant and his covenant is that he gives us life. He died for our sin. We just have to receive it. We have to remember that, that all these things, as we do communion, it's not just a small piece of bread that you're thankful to have some juice to wash it down with. These things should be celebrated and at times solemn. Do you have any leaven in your life? Do you have any sin? It's, it's, it's real simple. Deal with it. Deal with it before God. He's chosen us to be holy and we're holy But if there's any sin in your life, just deal with it before we even have communion. Say something like, God, forgive me for, and and name it. Don't just be vague with him. He knows what you did anyways. Forgive me for watching that pornography. Forgive me for being so angry. Forgive me. Just take a moment right now. God, forgive me. My short temper sometimes. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you paid the price for us. That you allowed your body to be brutally beaten, crucified for us. That we might have life. God, we thank you that there's even healing in the, in the body because of your stripes that were healed. So we thank you. And we celebrate and we're reminded of your goodness that you redeemed us that you called us out of slavery today we thank you for what communion represents to us and this is why we continue to do it and we do it every month there and we do it in our life groups with that god we thank you so much for the body of jesus that was broken for us we thank you that he paid the price and we receive the bread today together in And God, Jesus, we thank you for the new covenant. The old covenant is broken. We don't have to live up to any standard of laws and things, God, but you paid the price. And we we celebrate that as we receive the cup. Let's receive it together. Amen. Amen, right? We are a chosen people. I'm going to read it one more time before we leave. Church, you are a chosen generation. Here we're, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say you are, whatever I say, a chosen generation. You're going to say together, I am a chosen generation. Every time I say something, we're going to do that, right? Let's try it. You are a chosen generation. I am a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. 
royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are his own special people. I am his own special people. And why? So we can proclaim his praises. Let's go into the world and proclaim his praises and lay aside malice and deceit and hypocrisy and give him praises and give him glory and honor with all of our lives. Amen. Father, as we go out, we go out with joy, knowing that we are yours. We're called out from the world. You set us apart. And God, we pray that you would give us the strength, the fortitude even to remind us to proclaim your praises in this land. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.